It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L J LaFura. Alongside me, we've got Brandon Karam. We are a belly up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how was your day? LJ, day was good. Uh, didn't really do much today was watching actually quite a bit of baseball this afternoon uh went to the gym but other than that uh not much going on on this uh thursday but uh yeah we had 10 games in the mlb today uh why don't we uh get right into it excuse me All right, yeah, we're going to go into an absolutely wild game. I mean, there was absolutely nothing not to love about this game between the Red Sox and the Astros. This one would be Eduardo Rodriguez versus Zach Granke, and scoring starts in the top of the second when Yuli Gurriel ropes a frustrating home run out of the park. This one will only go 310 feet as it hits past key pole to make this a one nothing ball game. In the bottom of the second, Christian Vazquez and Kike Hernandez both drive in runs, one of which, of course, on an Kike Hernandez walk with the bases loaded. Then the top, top of the third, Houston retakes the lead with a two-RBI double by Jordan Alvarez. And then for briefly, just a brief moment, here come the Red Sox. J.D. Martinez goes with a piss missile out to center field, his 13th of the year. And then Christian Vasquez drives in another run to give a 4-3 lead. Top of the fifth, and things start to go awry when we get to bases loaded, two outs, and Eduardo Rodriguez is pulled in favor of Matt Andres. Matt Andres, with the bases loaded, but loads the bases and walks the next batter, Yuli Gurriel, to drive in the game-tying run, and then a Kyle Tucker double, which is then made worse by Kike Hernandez. Um, if you have not seen it yet, he basically did not know the wall was coming at all. 
absolutely got like got tackled by the wall. The ball ball bounces off. He then goes back goes by to go grab the ball and completely misses the ball and runs past it. Ends up just taking a knee as Alex Verdugo's already made it over there as he's in a bit of rough shape. And this is a seven to four ball game. This will be tied up in the bottom of the fifth as Christian Arroyo sends a piss missile all the way to Maine, his second on the season, over the monster to tie up the game. Jose Altuve goes yard in the sixth to make this a eight-seven ball game. And then the bottom of the sixth, this is where things get interesting. J.A. Martinez, of course, ends up hitting a sacrifice fly, which, should, well, I'm sorry, sacrifice fly, but gets dropped by Kyle Tucker to allow him to score on and Kike Hernandez to score. That's kind of weird when I read it. But yeah, he, he dropped a pretty routine fly ball. Then later in the inning, you have Carlos Correa trailing backwards for a pop fly deep into the outfield and ends up completely whiffing on it after thinking he was settled under it. And all of a sudden it goes from what you think is bases loaded. All of a sudden somebody's being called out. Brandon, I will be honest with you. I was completely livid with the fact that they were calling an infield fly rule about 20 feet out into the outfield. It was, I saw that. Yeah, that was, that was a ridiculous call. But at the time I had no clue it was even, it was legal. I would have had no idea it was legal. Come to find out, infield fly, I didn't fully understand this. So people who don't know and were watching the game, if the infield fly rule can be called entirely at the umpire's discretion, as long as the outfielder is, it appears to be routine, like they or the infielder, it appears that the infielder will routinely make the catch and is like under it, as well as the fact that it is the infielder. There's no matter of distance that even matters for this. The guy could be on the warning track and settle under the ball, the shortstop, and it could st- you can still call the infield fly roll with runners on second and third. So this was a 20, 25 feet one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you always Wait, thought there so, was a distance. So, why, thing, right? so then if, if I'm a manager and it's like – I don't know, first and second with no outs, and you have someone like Joey Gallo hitting, can I just move two of my infielders to the outfield? And then it's like, oh, well, he hit it to my infielder, so it's an infield fly rule. So that way they can drop the ball if need be, or any ball that's into the outfield, they can just drop, but it's to say it's the infield fly rule. Because you said you could be on the warning track as long as it is your infielders. Well, 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 hold up, because how would that help you? I mean, technically, yes. First off, you'd have to sell the umpire on the fact that it's infield fly roll, which would be harder the farther that these guys are out in the outfield. The second thing is, how would the infield fly roll help you there? Because if it's like a tough fly ball, you don't have to necessarily uh, worry about catching it. Yeah, but, that would, but it has to be your infielder making the play. Yeah, so they're like if the short, like it can't be the center like if if the center fielder came in and caught that ball, which he was very close to making a play 
and capable of making a play on, it wouldn't have been an infield fly. So the odds of him being in the right position to make get under this catch is hard enough. Get, selling the umpire on the fact that you could have made a triple play out of a ball or a double play out of a ball in the warning track. Like you're not making that throw from right field or left field even to third to triple that guy up most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and yeah, and B, like you got to get the guy, the infielder would have to get to the right spot. Yeah, if you dropped it, he's there and he's there easily in most cases. And if you caught it, he's just going to tag and stay at the base he's at. But yeah, that's an interesting little part. So in in short, infield fly rule has nothing to do with distance. As long as it is an infielder trying to make the play and he's settling under it, settled under it, it's entirely at the umpire's discretion. Anyway, this did not really sit well with the Red Sox here in the bottom of the sixth. They were not too happy as they were all very, very confused. And this starts off an absolute rally. They load the bases and then Christian Vasquez gets snapped, uh, swiped by a pitch while he was at the plate. This drives home the go-ahead run. Christian Arroyo would walk in the next at bat and then throbby d rips a double to left field which scores two more making this a 12-8 game one more complete wild game wild uh play to discuss here of course comes i believe in the seventh or eighth when you had i want to say it was guriel he's he was very much all over this game it was either Guriel or Alvarez that was up to bat. He hits the ball and it hits like right in front of the corner of the batter's box. And he reacts as if it hit him. Like he's looking at his angle and really what happens, he swung through his shoes and didn't have balance. And the umpire makes a safe sign to show that it's a fair ball. The ball the ball is in fair play. It did not hit him. It is not a foul ball. So you have a runner on first who took off when he on contact and is running, is now rounding second and thinks it's a foul ball and starts jogging back to first. So Vasquez throws down to Bobby Dahlbeck as Alvarez or Gurriel is standing there at home plate. And then the runner in between is completely confused as they're running after him to tag him out in the field of play for the double play. All of that went, of course, according to plan, especially seeing with it being a live ball, he never tagged back up at second base to go back to first base. So he was out regardless. And then to cap off the piece of resistance, we got a really horrible streaker. This guy makes the jump into play, only manages to get his shirt off. Keep in mind, like, Brandon, you know, in the majority of these major league stadiums, the netting goes quite a bit down. Like, it's, it's, far, it's pretty far past the dugout. So in order to get onto the play, you had to at least be in the outfield. Um, and it was coming from the right field side. So he made it from the right field side where the netting stops all the way to just in front of the batter's boxes, like right where the grass hits the dirt. 
and only managed to make get his shirt off. Absolutely poor effort. Um, I did not get to put him in there yet, but he will certainly be a member of the not PPP today. Shirtless streaker guy. But yeah, the Red Sox take this one 12 to 8. Give the win to Darwins and Hernandez with his one-inning relief appearance. Eduardo Rodriguez went four and two-thirds, allowing six earned runs and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Blake Taylor in, in relief as he gives up one run. And Zach Granke went three innings, allowing seven hits, four earned runs, and two strikeouts in this game. All right, on to the Mariners and the Tigers. Mitch Hanniger opened up in the top of the first with his 15th bomb of the year, and it's one nothing Seattle. The Tigers would respond, though, in the bottom of the inning with Jonathan Scope going yard and then Isaac Paredes with an RBI single, and it is 2-1 Tigers after the first frame. Bottom two, the Tigers extend the lead. Jake Rogers, third homer of the year, and it's 3-1 Detroit. In the top of the fourth, Seattle's able to uh, pull within one on a ground out by Jake Bowers, but the Tigers uh, score twice more, once again, in the bottom of the fourth uh, on a Willie Castro sack fly and Robbie Grossman single. Hanniger goes yard once again, top fifth, 16th of the year, make it 5-3. Seattle still trailing. But the Tigers pull away with a Robbie Grossman two-run bomb and then a Jake Rogers triple. Detroit wins this one eight to three. Give the win to Joe Jimenez uh, out of the Tigers bullpen. The loss goes to Justice Sheffield. Four innings, six hits, three earned, three Ks uh, for Seattle. All right, into this Dodgers-Pirates game, the YouTube free game of the week. And scoring starts with a solo home run from Mookie Betts in the first to give the Dodgers the lead. In the bottom of the second, Eric Gonzalez doubles to drive in Philip Evans. Top of the third, the Dodgers are back up and ready for action as Zach McKinstry drives in a run and then Julio Urias singles to drive in two more, making this a 4-1 Dodgers lead. Brian Reynolds has a two-run piece in the bottom of the third to make this a 4-3 game. But from there, Zach McKintry and Justin Turner both drive in runs in the seventh and eighth. This game is stopped early due to rain, and the Dodgers get the win 6-3. Give the win to Julio Urias. He went six innings, allowing three earned runs and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Mitch Keller. He went seven and two-thirds of an inning, allowing four earned runs and three strikeouts. The save will go to Phil Bickford, his first on the year. Brandon, do you like that ruling? I mean, I guess it makes sense, but for some reason it doesn't sit well with me, the fact that you get a save, you get that cheap cheapo save, for coming into an appearance where you didn't even know the game was going to end when you're in. I mean, yeah, I think it's more weird that the Dodgers ended up being the team that hits last and they win uh, and get a save. Like, you know, yeah. how often, how often does the winning team 
or at least a guy who gets a save, the last thing that happens in the game is his team hits. hits. I mean, it's not like this is really the only uh, situation where it could happen. So, yeah, you know, it's a weird it's a weird ruling Uh, in the the Yankees game tonight, which we're going to talk about. You know, there there could have been a weird ruling with that uh, had the game not gone the way that it did. But uh, yeah, you know, you have to love the official scores of, of baseball. On to the White Sox and the Blue Jays. Chicago puts up three in the first inning. They get one on a Jose Abreu RBI double, and then Yasmani Grandal uh, hits Abreu home with a two-run bomb, his 10th on the year. Marcus Simeon, quite possibly the best player in the league in the month of May, he stays hot, RBI single to make it 3-1, gets Toronto on the board. Lourdes Gurriel singles uh, to then give Toronto a second run in the top of the sixth. They still trail 3-2. Adam Angle then goes yard his first homer of the year for the White Sox, makes it 4-2 in the bottom of the seventh, and then in the eighth, Abreu comes through with an RBI double, the MVP with a very nice game, or the 2020 MVP with a very nice game today in a 5-2 White Sox win. Dallas Keuchel gets the win, now 5-1 on the year. Six innings, six hits, two earned, eight strikeouts. The loss to Hyunjin Ryu, now 5-4 on the year. Six innings, five hits, three earned three Ks for Toronto. Liam Hendricks picks up his 16th save on the season. All right. Next we got the Brewers and the Reds scoring starts in the top of the first, this time with a RBI single by Avisail Garcia, which scores Luis Urias to make this a one, nothing game. The big red contraption got going in the middle innings in the second Joey Votto goes yard to right field his sixth and game-tying home run of the year. The bottom of the fifth sees Jesse Winker hit an RBI single and take the lead for Cincinnati. Unfortunately, that would be all they would get this game as Willie Adamas, Jace Peterson, Daniel Vogelback all have RBI hits to make this a 7-2 Brewers win. This includes Daniel Vogelback's sixth home run of the year, second in two days, so he is two-thirds of the way to a bingo. Bango Yahtzee. Give the win to Brent Suter out of the bullpen. He pitched two innings after Freddie Peralta only went four innings long and one earned run and six strikeouts. The loss goes to Luis Castillo. He went five and two-thirds long, three earned runs and seven strikeouts. His ERA currently stands at 6.47. All right, uh, on to the Yankees and the Twins. The Yankees put up three in the top of the first on a Giancarlo Stanton three-run home run, his third home run in two games. Uh, Nelson Cruz would put the Twins on the board in the bottom of the first with a sack fly. Top four, Gio Urshela, seventh home run of the year, and the Yankees take a 4-1 lead. 
In the bottom of the fourth, Angelton Simmons with an RBI double. He's been good this entire week or this entire uh, week series. Uh, he has an RBI double that scores a run and it's four to two. Uh, Yankees still at that point. Top six, guy who's been cold as of late, uh, DJ LeMahieu comes through with an RBI single uh, to make it 5-2 Yankees. They have a three-run lead after six innings. Nelson Cruz with an RBI double, bottom seven to make it 5-3. But the Yankees are able to pitch their way out of it. They get to the ninth inning, bring on Araldis Chapman, who up to this point, had only allowed uh, four hits, the or I believe seven hits and four earned runs the entire year. And uh, Chapman completely blows up. The Twins go single from Jorge Polanco. Game-tying home run from Josh Donaldson to make it 5-5. Then Williams Astadio pinch hits and gets a single. And the next batter, Nelson Cruz, steps up and goes deep. Walk off home run for the Twins to avoid the sweep. The Yankees lose 7-5. to five. However, they score more runs in this series than they have in any series that their entire season, which uh, good signs for the Yankees. You know, obviously a terrible loss, a game that certainly should have been won. But these, these losses happen to every team. Uh, Chapman, his real first bad outing of the entire year. I mean, he's the first pitcher in Yankees history to not record an out, allow four hits, four runs, and two home runs. Uh, just tough night for him. You know, season ERA is still under two, still been one of the best pitchers in the league. Every closer has this happened to them. Uh, but overall, I'm taking away a lot of positives from this Yankee series. Uh, those two wins, the offense looked great. And tonight, the offense also stepped it up. 12 hits once again. Uh, guys in the middle of the order are getting hits. Glaber starting to come alive. Stands good as always. Uh, uh, Gary Sanchez has been hot, hot as a late. He has quite a bit of a hitting streak going now. So, uh, yeah. A lot of positive to take out of this series heading into Philadelphia this weekend. Yankees uh, lose. Moving into this Phillies Braves game, and we don't get a single score here until the bottom of the eighth as Gene Segura doubles, scoring a double Herrera to give the Phillies the lead. That's only until Freddie Freeman is able to send a solo piece out to center field to tie the game in the top of the ninth, and we will go to extras. Top of the 10th, and somehow, some way, they find a way to utterly blow this in every way possible. You'd think that Philly should not be able to win this as they managed to allow two runs to score on a wild pitch and a passed ball, both by... Th thrown, of course, by Jose Alvarado, the reliever in the game. But then top, bottom of the 10th, Alec Bohm singles to drive in one run. And then a Gene Segura single into center field is able to score two, both Alec Bohm and Adubal Herrera to give the Phillies their second walk-off win in two nights, winning four to three. 
Give the win to Jose Alvarado. He pitched an inning, allowing no earned runs, of course, but the two runs scoring both the inherited runner and the passed ball error on the catcher. Zach Wheeler got the start for Philadelphia. He went eight innings of shutout ball with 12 strikeouts. The loss will go to Chris Martin. He pitched in that 10th inning, allowing two earned two earned runs, three runs on three hits. And the start was Ian Anderson's, who went seven innings, allowing four hits in a shutout with four strikeouts. Love to see it from our guy. Yes, sir. Him and Zach Wheeler battling today. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm a little surprised this game didn't get on my radar a little earlier in the evening because, you know, this would have been a fun one to see. Even Brave, I mean, Braves Phillies, their their series always just are it's always oh it's fun. always high drama. It, it's so much fun between the two of them. Well, uh last American League game we're gonna talk about, and that is the Kansas City Royals and the Oakland Athletics. And we're scoreless through the first three. Uh bottom four, Jed Lowry. Fifth homer of the year to put Oakland on the board, one nothing. Top seven, Kansas City finally gets some runs. Hunter Dozier, RBI double, and then Kelvin Gutierrez, RBI single. Two RBI single, actually, and then it's three to one KC. Top eight, they get two home runs, one from Andrew Benintendi, one from Jorge Soler, a two-run jack. Kansas City wins six to one. Give the win to Mike Miner now five and three on the year. Seven innings, three hits, one earned, eight strikeouts. Very nice start from the veteran. The loss goes to Frank Montas, now six and six on the year. Six and a third, five hits, two earned, eight strikeouts for Oakland in a losing effort. Next up, we've got the Marlins and the Rockies here. Scoring starts in the bottom of the second as with help from home runs by Adam Duvall, Jazz Chisholm, and Starling Marte, they put up a six spot in the second and then go on to extend this lead over Colorado to eight nothing with RBIs from Jose Devers and John Birdie in the bottom of the fifth. Things only seem to get worse for them as in the bottom of the sixth, they also managed to put up three runs en route to this 11-4 to route of the Rockies. The only positive for the Rockies here comes with a Brendan Rodgers home run to left center field, his second of the year. Give that win to the man who, here, Trevor Rodgers. He went seven innings, allowing two earned runs and eight strikeouts. The loss goes to Chichi Gonzalez. He went five innings, allowing 11 hits, eight earned runs, and six strikeouts. I'm slowly losing my mind. I very nearly just, you know, completely combined Brendan Rodgers and Trevor Rodgers. All the Rodgers, all the Rodgers are combined tonight. Just got double check. The, the, the Rodgers brothers, because there's three of them, they're just... It, Taylor, Trevor, Tyler, Brendan. There's, there's, I, I know they're not all actually brothers, but it's they're brothers. To, they're on this show, they're brothers. 
Yeah. Well, uh, they're, El- they're, all, they're all at home discount double checking for the holidays <laughs> with their uh, older oldest brother, Aaron. Well, uh, let's move on to the PPP particular players people might care about. We also have uh, a new segment called the Not PPP, where it's just basically a subsection of the PPP, but just highlighting negative things in the sport. Uh, LJ, we have two PPPs, four Not PPPs. Uh, Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I'm going to go with my PPP, sort of two guys, but... And it's also kind of a not PPP as well. You know, it's not the best thing, but hey, good on you for being able to do it. We've got Jose Altuve and Yuli Gurriel, who now are in unique company as they are now both a pair from the same team who share spots one and two on shortest home run this season. The first to come was Jose Altuve going 315, uh, a couple weeks ago um, into the Crawford box, I believe. And then to just today, Yuli Gurriel hits one off of Pesky Pole, which is 310. So they now hold the, the shortest home runs of the season at 310 and 315. It's hard to think that either of those are going to get broken in the near future. Yeah, uh, I would I would say so. I don't think I don't think you can break break Yulies. No. All right. Uh, my PPP member, so it's actually two. First one is Zach Wheeler, uh, absolutely dominant today. Uh, he has been on a tear lately. Just what a pitcher! I mean, the the Phillies must be so happy that they ended up pulling the trigger and signing him as a free agent because I mean he is LJ he's like actually turning into the ace of their staff like he's overtaking Aaron Nola I think he overtook Aaron Nola a while ago it's just the issue that I feel like everyone's always going to underrate Zach Wheeler like I mean he's nasty like he's a high strikeout like not not hard contact like this guy is just he's 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 a 10 and no one cared about it, especially because he was he was it wasn't as good, but he was a very very good pitcher in New York, and no one really cared. I mean, you're I mean, granted, you're behind the best baseball player in the world right now. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law known as the PACT Act provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who are exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov slash PACT to learn more and file your claim. In Jacob Degrom, or the best pitcher, I'm sorry, in, in the world right now, in Jacob Degrom. So 
frankly, you're no matter what, you're going to be at least the number two on that staff. But like, no one really cared. He was he, he was the forgotten child in that staff. And then he goes to the Phillies, and the Phillies were pretty forgettable from the moment they signed him. So he hasn't been really in a chance to get that star treatment that he his numbers say he deserves at least. My second guy is Ian Anderson. I mean, look, uh, when you go to his baseball savant page for this season, certainly it doesn't look like uh, his 2020 page. Expected numbers are down. But, LJ, you know, me and you, at least you uh, love looking at this stat. And in this instance, you know, I think it's a good spot to use it. Quality starts. Hmm. Ian Anderson, LJ, has six this year. You want to know who that's tied with or better than? Nathan Avaldi, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, Hyunjin Ryu, Freddie Peralta, Jack Flaherty. I mean, Anderson consistently takes his team into the sixth inning, which, I mean – that's all you can ask for, really. Like three three runs over six innings. If you are doing that every start out, you're considered an above average pitcher at, at worst. Oh, oh, I I would say well more than above average. If you if you kept that pace up, you're great. And honestly, this you know statistically, you're not going to be the best this way. However. I would not be shocked, and I would be willing to, willing to say at least, you're going to have a career as long as you want it if you're able to go deep into games and not get completely shelled. Like, if I were a manager, not, not only is it, is it great, it's great to have quality starts, but I would be even fine with just having a guy that I know I can consistently get into the sixth or seventh inning, even if he's giving up five runs. If he's given up four or five runs, granted, that's not always a great chance to win the game. But it's basically a, an easy rest day for your bullpen. If you know you can plan around the fact that this guy isn't going to get completely embarrassed and throw a ton of pitches early, like you're able to do so much more throughout the week knowing you're going to have guys like Ian Anderson out on the mound who are going to be able to take you deep into the game. So you only should only have to use maybe two relievers after that, in theory. LJ, trivia time. There's two players currently tied for the lead in quality starts. One American League, one National League pitcher. Can you name either? Yes, I can. One is Kevin Gosman because Jacob DeGrom has not. It is not Kevin Gosman. It's Jacob DeGrom. It is not Jacob DeGrom. He's only don't. made nine starts. I know. That's why I thought it couldn't be him. All right. These um, two pitchers both have 11. Two pitchers both have 11. Jeez. Jeez. Um, I don't think it's Cole. He is. Uh, he has 10. Yeah. Because he's trash. Spider tack, I mean. <laughs> um, ooh. Can I get a hint? 
Uh, sure. One is in the NL West. One is in the NL West. Trevor Bauer. It is Trevor Bauer. Yes, with eleven. Uh, the other one, if I gave you the division, you would a hundred percent get it. Shane Bieber. There you go. That's that. That's a. That's essentially a hint. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bieber and Trevor Bauer both have eleven. Uh, with ten, we have quite a bit of a tie here between Walker Bueller, Zach Wheeler, Garrett Cole, Kyle Gibson, mm. Brandon. Woodford. That's that's the second guy I was gonna guess when you when you said that, mm. or at least yeah, because I mean, there was a finite amount of places we were going. And it wasn't going to be in the NL, the AL East, I didn't think. But, yeah, um, yeah. Kevin Gosman also tied with ten there, but yeah, uh, good job. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure out where those numbers come from, though, for Shane Bieber because his numbers, while he's still he goes great deep pitcher, into games, he goes deep. Are, into games. He's still going deep into games, I know. But like, quality starts is it's one one thing to go deep into games, but. To have 11 quality starts and be above a three at this point isn't normal. Because, like, it's not like he's consistently giving up seven. He's not consistently going seven innings, three earned runs. So, like, I mean, I know there was a couple of blow-up starts, but I didn't realize he had that many positives and that that wouldn't, like, cancel out, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, out of every start he's made this year, he's only gone less than five once. And less than six twice. And if you can, if you can see that, can you see those? Are you looking at it from a box score? Or? Yeah, yeah, I see all the lines. Yeah. Um, what are the how many earned runs combined in those three starts? Uh, so in the two starts he made where he didn't go six, he allowed six combined runs over, uh, ten innings or nine innings, six earned runs over those two starts. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Not PPP. Uh, the first one is Fenway. Uh, uh, LJ can probably agree with this one. Uh, that was a BS home run for, for a, a Yuli Gurriel. That's yeah. not a home run in every other stadium. Uh, home run there, so it's fine. It is, it is so cheap that a player is able to get a home run for that. Uh, and then also be able to poke the bat out and hit it over the green monster uh, to left field, you know, has the smallest left field in the entire league. And then also the shortest right field in the entire league, uh, you know, so for just next time people call, call a, a Yankee stadium, a, a, a little league field, uh, just remember Fenway is essentially that is as well yes but again i don't care it's fun it's it not only is it a beautiful ballpark but the quirks make it you have to admit brandon as you say this you enjoy those quirks no all right look i like i think the green monster is cool i mean being able to go to fenway and see a game there like with the green monster like yeah that was really cool but in terms of like I don't know. I feel like as a player, I would get very frustrated if I was a pitcher. Like, if I'm Erod tonight, I am just so. If whoa! So whoa. Mad. If you're Erod, you have bigger problems right now. 
Yeah, he's been. Yeah, he's. You you, you just rivaled you just rivaled Luis Castillo for the worst ERA in May. You have bigger fish to fry right now if you're Europe. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not pitching well, and then to add on to it, he's not pitching well tonight because he allowed a home run that went 310 feet. So I, I, I'm also going to say now, by that logic, should everyone who has come up with the Rockies organization be mad for the first, be all mad for the first six years because they give up a ton of runs? It's a hitter's ballpark. Everyone knows it's a hitter's ballpark. It's just, no, I mean... If you just, are if you are a fly ball pitcher and you get drafted by Colorado, it is if you if you're a fly ball is, pitcher it is, it and you is get drafted by nightmare. Colorado, Col- you are destined to fail. Why why the hell if they I I get mad when they do that because well that's Jeff well that's what Jeff British, I know. LJ, you're not or my yeah, go ahead. Actually, I'm gonna go ahead again and just really talk about um, still on this Fenway thing, because the I don't think you're understanding how much of a playground this place is for lefties, and it's a lot of how David Ortiz, at least before his feet like became non-existent after 2014, um, how he made his living there, because. Not, not that he wasn't a good pitcher. Keep in mind, 81 games elsewhere. Um, still putting up great numbers. But not only not only did he learn enough of how to at least get the fly balls into opposite field, but you have the outside edge there. You have the bullpens, which the, that bullpen section, while it's it's far enough, like it's a it's slightly below average length in the majority of the right field, but still a little shorter. You have the wraparound in right field, which if you hit a line drive into the corner, it's almost certain that something is going to go wrong for that fielder. It is just the, uh, as much as you say, left field beefs up the stats for the home player. If you're a visitor going into this ballpark, there isn't a single spot that you really want to play. If you're an out of league visitor, and then you've got the, the triangle in left in center field, which is much easier to get to pull for a uh, lefty into than that. So basically, you you get a much easier time on extra base hits if you can hit it hard on the ground or hard in the air into center field or hard on the ground to right field. You get to use the monster a little bit, and then you get the short part of right field. You can have an absolute field day if you're a good lefty hitter there. See, like, in terms of left field, like, if I'm an opposing fielder, like, sure, the first couple of series that I play in Fenway in left field... Oh, it sucks. It sucks, but, like... Or if you're standing playing there ever. After I played, like, a handful of series, like, playing left field is a breeze. You really don't have to cover much ground... Anything that is gonna like go off the wall, you have so much time to like figure out what you're gonna do, think about where you're gonna throw the ball. 
everything is just slowed down for for you out there. Yeah, like, yeah, but there's not a ton of guys who play that many games there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess technically, like, if you want to say any AL East player, like, yeah, any AL East player is going to have a good time there. But even like an AL Central team, which is only going to play there once a year. If you have the same, most, a lot of teams don't have the same left fielder more than twice, two or three seasons in a row. So this guy might not get that many looks at, at it. He's not getting a lot of looks. If you're in a, if you're a national league team going in there, you get even less looks. All right. LJ for your not PPP. Looks like you have uh, one more, two more. I have two more. First off again, shout out to the shirtless streaker. If you're going to do that, do it right. You know, either take somebody out, touch somebody, or get all the clothes off. Get some money on it. Heck, remember uh, the Super Bowl last year? There was a prop bet of whether there was going to be a streaker, and this guy put enough money down that it was going to be well worth it for the fine he received for streaking. He, he, he figured out how to beat Vegas and, and won that. Yeah. Pretty easy, pretty pretty easily too, because like he put out, it, it was a, it was a decent operation too, because he had to have like th- two other friends run, um, distractions or whatever that would be called. I'm blanking on the word. And to bail him out. And he had to bail them out too. Yeah. So basically, they got two other guys to take some of the guards away just so he could dart onto the field in camera view. Um, but my other one, of course, is going to be the Yankees who still, to this day, only have one win when the other team scores five or more. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. No. It's, I'm it's just over. saying, they scored four going into that yeah. inning. Thank you, Brooks Krisky, for, like, just – we were up by – it was, like, 9-4 or 9-3. It might have been 9-2, actually, when he came in, and we ended up winning 9-6 on 6-9. To get our first win when the other team scores five runs. Uh tonight, LJ, as soon as the game was tied when when a Donaldson hit the homer, we don't win extra inning games. So it's just like, oh well, all right, Chapman just just lost us the game. And then he actually lost us the game next. Like at first I was mad, and then I was just like, well. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Like I, I said earlier, earlier, it's the most runs that we've scored in, in any series this year. So I can't, I can't be that because all of, all I've been complaining about on the show is the offense, and now the offense did something. So it's like I can't be mad. Plus, our worst starter pitched, and I don't expect to win that game very often. So to Brandon, the Yankees are like his golden retriever. They they poop on the rug, and then he's like, "Oh, I can't get mad at you." <laughs> all right like do do really want me to go off on chapman right now like i would look like a fool if i started no and to be fair i'm also like 
this is also me on the same week that I've been completely resigned to my fate over the fact that the Red Sox are now done with the Astros for the year, but have gone five and or two and five against them. And in those five losses have all been absolutely embarrassed. So yeah. they've had our number, but yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the same boat this week. Yeah. That's all I had for the not PPP. All right. Onto the leaderboards. Uh, a little bit more extended. I'll just go through the war leaders, the top 10 for pitchers and hitters. Top 10 hitters, Vladdy Jr. at 3.5, Nick Castellanos at 3.2, Xander Bogarts and Ronald Acuna at 3, Cedric Mullins at 2.9, Yoan Mankata at 2.7, Marcus Simeon, Chris Bryant, and Max Muncy all come in at 2.6. And then Byron Buxton and Jesse Winker round out the top 11 at 2.5. Sorry, before to interrupt, do we want foolish stats? Uh, sure, yeah. We'll, okay. We will uh, get those after I go through the yep. uh, pitcher for, for war, or uh, the war for pitchers, I should say. Uh, and it's Zach Wheeler, who's now in the lead. Him and Jacob DeGrom uh, tied at 3.2. Garrett Cole at 3.1. Brandon Woodruff at 2.6, tied with Kevin Gosman. Behind them, we have a tie at 2.3 between Shane Bieber and Trevor Rogers. Behind them, we're tied at 2.2. Tyler Glass now and Nathan Eovaldi. And then the two behind them, Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw at 2. Point one to round it out. Uh, LJ, you have the good piece of hitting and good piece of pitching percent stats. Uh, yes, I'm working on them. You are working on them. All right. Uh, All right. G- good piece of hitting percentage goes back in the name of Juan Soto at 55.1% here this week. And then for pitchers in 2021, with roughly 190 batters faced. A good piece of pitching percentage will go in favor now. Ooh, this is a big jump here. We've got Jacob DeGrom in first with wow. 60%. So again, to remind you guys, that means in 60% of the batters that he's faced, it has ended in either a strikeout or a soft hit ball, so a ball hit less than 80 miles an hour. The league average for good piece of pitching is around 40%. He is 20% over that at 60%. The reason this is such a big deal is because he's passing Corbin Burns, who's currently at 59.6%, and is on a historic pace. And of course, the majority of this cannot be tracked past 2015 because of the stat cast nature however with that he is looking to be a part of elite company as now the only the only season of gpp that is better than both jacob de and corbin burns he is 2017 kenley jansen who had 60.9 percent yeah that that uh, kenley year was it was insane what he was doing that entire Dodgers team that that year was crazy was that the summer that they won like they had like a 50 and 11 stretch or something crazy like 
Over yes, the- because they were talking about them being potentially like the Mariners, and then they went and lost. Yeah, they they won 104 games that year, and and traded for Yu Darvish. So they and lost in Game Seven of the World Series to a team that was actually cheating. So tough. All right, uh, hot or not? Uh, because this is our Week Nine recap after today's games. Uh, we are now officially nine weeks through the season. Hard to believe that we are at this point, but uh, we're going to be talking about teams that are trending upward, teams that are trending downward. I have the American League this week. LJ has the National League. LJ, would you like to tell us who is hot in the National League? Yeah, you know, this is kind of a tough call here, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Giants. I know I go with them a lot. However, again, this was a pretty big week for them because Basically, the entire division, except I think there was a Colorado-Arizona series in there. I cannot recall quickly up the time I had to begin it. I could be wrong. Brandon was there. Did they play to start this week? The Giants? No, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Uh, Arizona lost like their a millionth game in a row on the road. No, I'm talking about – never mind. Um, it's really not important, but the majority of the – the league was playing out of division this week. And that included just about every, no, they played the Brewers. Um, just about everybody. And the majority of them struggled here. You had, of course, my honorable mention for who is not the San Diego Padres, who have now dropped all but one game to the Chicago Cubs. The Dodgers were dropping games left and right, including to, I believe, the Braves. But San Francisco is the only team that legitimately kept their head above water against their competition all week. Again, it was good teams from other divisions that they were having to go up against and, again, have made themselves kind of comfortable here in the NL West, now a game and a half. I know that's not a comfortable lead to most. However, in this division right now, anything more than a game is a welcome sight. So they've certainly gone out and taken care of business. If I had to give it to somebody else, it would be the Chicago Cubs, who, of course, have been manhandling the Padres over the last 10 days. I think it's pretty fair to say that. Yeah. Uh, All right. The team that's hot in the American League is the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, Since June has uh, came about, they have been playing very good baseball. Uh, they split a two-game series with the Giants, who, of course, LJ just talked about, have also been very hot. Uh, they win. They split a four-game series with Seattle, and then they sweep Kansas City. And not just since June, but over their last 15 games, they have the best record in the, in the American League at 10-5. and five. Uh, They are starting – to actually pitch somewhat good. They only allow five total runs in that series against Kansas City. And, uh, you know, this is one of the most electric offenses in the league. Mike Trout will be back at some point, uh, hopefully prior to the All-Star break. But when you combine Rendon and Otani and Trout. Hey, Tony! And not to mention a Justin Upton who has had a fantastic week and guys like David Fletcher, Jared Walsh. I mean, the amount of offensive talent that they have is there. And 
if they can just pitch somewhat good, uh, string together some good uh, innings out of the, the bullpen, this is a team that has all the talent in the world and can compete. Sure, is their situation right now for this season looking good? No, but this team, this is a team that can get hot at any point. They're sitting six games back in the AL West uh, at 30 and 32. So, uh, yeah, hopefully at some point they can uh, get things going. All right. My not team has already been discussed here, and that is the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have just been they've been through the ringer over I'm pretty the- sure they've made the knot three weeks in a row. Like they've just been they've you know, had a rough month. We haven't talked, we haven't actually um written that down, but I think you might be right. They are now 20 and 43, last in the league by two run or two wins. And the difference here was Arizona was actually trying to be respectable this year. Baltimore wasn't. Um, they are now two and eight in their last 10 losers of seven straight and just the other day lost yeah yesterday lost their 19th straight game on the road so yeah i mean there's really no other team we could pick again you could pick the dot the padres if you really wanted to be a little sneaky there you could take the cardinals if you wanted to be sneaky you could take miami even in that second tier here as they've been completely falling apart from the semi-competitive team that they were just a few weeks ago before they started playing the Red Sox. But ultimately, there's no other team that is losing in the fashion that the Diamondbacks are. All right. Uh, The team that is cold, not hot, whatever you want to call it, the Texas Rangers. So to end May, they lost six games in a row. To start June, they lost three games in a row. So quick math, uh, that's nine straight losses. They then beat Tampa Bay in game one of the series, only to lose the next two and only score one run across those two games. They then lose to the Giants uh, in game one. They beat them in game two. But overall, the Rangers, not good in their last 15. Three wins in their last 15. Uh, and they are the bottom feeders of the AL West currently. Team that we did not expect to be very competitive this year, and uh, certainly they are meeting those expectations. All right, I believe it's time for Players of the Week. I will go ahead and start here and give my Player of the Week. This week, mine will be from the National League, as Brandon talked about the American League. And I have chosen Brandon Crawford of the San Francisco Giants has clearly been the best player out there this week. He played five games, got 22 plate appearances, homered three times, scoring six runs and driving in nine runs. He walked, he walked more than he struck out, ended up with a 600 Woba a 0.6 war, which tied him with Corbin Burns for most war in the week, as well as a 0.5 defensive war, the last indicator for me to pick him as my player of the week. All right. My player of the week is Cedric Mullins. 
of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, he has been killing it. Uh, of course, this is dating back to last Thursday. So he has that weekend series where the Mets just – if you were a Mets fan, you you saw enough of, of Cedric Mullins uh, over the weekend because all he did was rake. And in the five games that he's played over the last seven days, 24 plate appearances, he's hitting 600 with a 667 on base percentage and a 1,200 slugging percentage. That's an 1867 OPS, a 400 OPS plus in the last week. He's been 300% better than the average hitter in the league this year. Cedric Mullins, and not to mention, uh, his name did come up on that top 10 in the league war leaderboard. Uh, could, could he potentially be an all-star starter? For the American League in the outfield, uh, he certainly has the numbers to do it. And, uh, yeah, he is my player of the week. And uh, I believe that is how we're going to end the show. Is that right? Yeah, sounds about right. Well, uh, make sure you go check me out today on the Pesky Report, another Belly Up Sports podcast on the Belly Up Sports podcast network. We talked about this Houston series, the absolutely wild ending to it with today's game, and a little more on Mr. Spider Tack over in New York and beyond. All right. Well, make sure to check out LJ on the Pesky Report. Make sure to check out our Twitter where we are running. Uh, the tr- daily trivia contest, of course, where you can win merchandise at the end of the season. Check it out at MLB Daily Pod on Twitter. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Karam and LJ is at LJ underscore BP underscore Lafiora. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.